Hello, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Older Adult to Geriatric Nutrition Answers podcast presented to you by longtermcarerd.com. I'm Michelle Sari, your host and presenter of today's episode. And today I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm not specifically going to be talking about geriatric nutrition. I'm actually going to be talking about my top five tips for dietitians that are working in long-term care. In the past week, I've heard from a handful of new dietitians to long-term care who are at their absolute wits end and they've only been working for a short period of time and they're already looking for new jobs. This is something that I have heard over and over again over the past number of years since I've started the Long-Term Care RD website and community and it's so sad to me. So today I want to get you guys started on the right foot so that you won't feel like quitting immediately. Maybe down the road you'll want to change, but if you can really get set up for success in long-term care right from the start, then I think you'll probably last in the long run. Because if you talk to a number of us, there's a significant amount of dietitians that we got our start in long-term care and now we've been working for 5, 10, 15, 30 years and it never gets old. It's such an enjoyable career. So I really want to encourage you guys try to stick it out. It's such an amazing field to work in and I find it really sad that long-term care homes don't really set up their dietitians for success when it's not that hard to set them up. So let me help you. Um, I just want to touch base though on something that went out in our email list this week. If you're listening to this later, this is episode is September 26th, 2023. Um, so I sent out a survey and if you take the survey, you have a chance to win one $25 Amazon gift card. So a little bit of incentive and it's a very short survey. I think there's less than 10 questions. A bunch of them are multiple choice, but what I'm looking for is just what do you want to see next coming to the long-term care RD website? I'm always trying to make sure that I am doing things that dietitians actually want to see and the things that they need to help them do their jobs better. And so by you filling in this survey, it really helps me to know what I should be creating for you guys, what kind of free and paid resources um, that you want on the website. Um, So there's a bunch of questions just about article topics and things that you guys want to read about, things you want to learn more about. Um, So just feel free to hop on to our email list. I'm going to be sending it out again next week and it's also going to be posted on our Facebook and Instagram account, the link to go take the survey. So all you have to do is you just enter your email, you answer the short questions and that's it. You just submit and you're entered for a chance to win. Then there's also about learning things that are coming up that you guys want to see. So yeah, you can submit topics. There's a bunch of space to just freely enter whatever you want. Um, So yeah, if you guys could do that, it would be so appreciated um, because it really helps me figure out what the audience actually wants for this. So yeah, okay. Um, So let's get to today's episode. So these are my top five tips on how to be successful when you start out in long-term care. So tip number one, and I would say probably every dietitian that works in long-term care, this would be also their number one tip, is you need to be organized. If you can be organized, and I'm talking having lists of things that you need to get done every single day, set out a monthly calendar, prioritize things, you are going to be far more successful and you're not going to get as overwhelmed because 
it depends how many beds your facility is and how many patients, the acuity level, these types of things that are going to change how busy you are. But if you are organized, you're not going to feel that overwhelming sense of panic that I just don't have enough hours in the day. And that is definitely something that all of us have felt at one time or another. But if you have a calendar and you have laid out, okay, I have these MDSs to do in the next month of October, we'll take for example, these are the dates that I need to do everybody. And typically in most long-term care homes, your MDS coordinator, they'll give you a list. Sometimes they'll do it annually. They'll give you just a giant list of all the MDS dates, who needs to get done when. But then throughout the year, you're obviously going to have new patients coming in. You're going to have patients that are passing away. So the list will be constantly evolving and that's okay but all you simply do is you have your own calendar where you put the names down now some people might say it's old school to have a paper copy of a calendar but I have found that to be my most useful thing because I take my calendar for the month I write in every single MDS that I have to do and no matter where I am in my different buildings, I always have my list with me. So let's say I have 20 minutes free where I'm like, you know what, I don't really have a patient to follow up on right this moment and I don't have any high priority items. So I'll find the nearest MDS computer, I'll look at my list and I'll quickly do my MDS assessments. Um, check with your MDS coordinator though if there's a way that they can get you the most up-to-date calendars. Most buildings will have systems in place. But being organized is going to make your life so much easier. And I'm going to be trying my best in the next couple months to be releasing new calendars that are going to help you guys to be better organized. But putting your urgent consults, putting your follow-ups, putting your meetings, uh, the wound care patients that you need to follow up on, putting their names on the exact dates that you need to follow up on, this is all going to help you. And so every time I've trained a new dietitian, I've set them up with these calendars. Whether or not they continue to use them is completely up to them, but it's always a really high recommendation that I have for them. And then if you have this calendar on the units, if a nurse quickly says, you know what, I need you to look at this patient and you say, you know what, I don't have time today, but I'll certainly get to them first thing tomorrow because I'm just on my way to go to a family meeting or something like that. You scroll their name in your calendar for the next day and you follow up the next day. This simply helps things to not fall through the cracks because the last thing that you want is the survey or the auditors to come in and say, why wasn't this patient followed up on? And it's like, oops, I forgot. And that's not a good enough excuse. Obviously, we're all human and we forget things, but if it's preventable, you should find a way to prevent it. And this is a system that helps you to do that. My second tip is to set boundaries. <laughs> this is a, it's kind of a funny one for me because it's never failed every single time I've started a long-term care facility. My personality and my work life has evolved. And by that I mean, when I first started out in long-term care, I was young, I was a new dietitian, all this kind of stuff, um, but I never set boundaries. And I'm not talking that you have to have hard boundaries and be difficult to get along with. It's the complete opposite of that. What I mean though, is that you have to set boundaries with your team members, that it might be something simple like, you know what, unless it's an emergency, I'm not available after hours. Because I strongly believe in having a work-life balance and I don't think that if something is non-urgent, I don't think that they need to call you in the off hours. Or 
somebody, let's say a nurse, for example, and I'm not writing on nurses here. I love nurses. I've worked with them for many years and they have been some of the greatest co-workers I've ever worked with. But sometimes there will be ones that try to push boundaries sometimes. So let's take, for example, oral nutritional supplements. Every dietitian has some type of struggle with this in long-term care. Let's say that they are continually simply adding people to oral nutritional supplements at MedPass without telling you. That is a time where you're going to have to use your backbone and you're going to have to set hard boundaries. And that means sometimes having difficult conversations that you tell them, you know what, unfortunately that kind of goes against the policy and give them reasons though. Don't just say I'm the dietitian and I'm the only one who prescribes ONSs. No, you give your reasons. It's number one, because I need to be able to keep track of who's on ONSs in order to better serve those that are losing weight, that have malnutrition, so that I can keep track of what interventions are going on, what's working, what's not. And if it continues on, let's say they keep doing it, even though you've had these really polite conversations with them, what I've done in the past is I've simply gone to the kitchen, the people that hand out the oral nutritional supplements, and I say, you know what? If any prescription outside of a doctor comes in for oral nutritional supplements to be started, it is not to be started until I look at it. And every kitchen I've had is really great at accommodating that. And it's simply, you know what, you've set your boundaries that I've had a conversation with you, I've listened to your side, I've presented my side, but this is a non-negotiable. So you do have to set boundaries early on so that people know that you know what you're doing and you're always looking out for the best interests of the patients. Number three, and this kind of goes with number two, that you need to get to know your team. Your team members, and this includes the doctors, the nurses, the management team, uh, the care aides, the rehab assistant, the occupational therapist, all of these team members are all looking out for the best interests of the patient. And so getting to know them, not just on a professional level, but having some type of camaraderie with everybody on your team is going to go a long way, especially when you need to ask them to do favors, when they need to ask you to do a favor. You want to have a great team environment. And this is so essential, I feel, in long-term care because we are working in these people's home. They are not living in our facility. We need to reframe the way we look at long-term care, not just on a government level, but on a personal level and a professional level. As a dietitian, when I'm going in here, I am doing everything that I can to make this a wonderful environment for these people to live in and for the family members that entrust us with the care of their loved ones. So by having a good team working environment, it's going to be beneficial for the patients. So this might simply mean just making sure every time you go on a unit, saying good morning to everybody that you pass, to the nurse who's always working on your units, getting to know them and having like a nice working relationship with them. I am obviously very fortunate that I've worked with some great nurses that to this day, even though I don't work in those facilities, I still communicate with them because they're fantastic people and I got to know that over the years that I worked with them. So get to know your team, let them get to know you a little bit too. Open up about who you are, the things that you like to do outside of work. Um, do you have pets? Do you have kids? What, what did you do this weekend? It's simple acts like that that are gonna build a great team dynamic. So make the effort. And number four, 
This one seems very odd, but it is a tried and true thing that is going to help you when you start in long-term care and probably any clinical setting is say no first. Now, most of you, when you get a new job, there was a previous dietitian that was in place there. And I really recommend, first of all, don't talk poorly about them, especially if you didn't know them. I've walked into environments where they haven't had the fondest memories of the previous dietitian, and that's okay. Not everybody gets along, though I think they should. <laughs> um, but they would come to me and they would ask me for certain things to do with handing out, let's say, snacks or um, extras or anything really, you know, maybe changing a workload situation because I've been uh, the department director as well in the past. And so when I first started out in this field, I would always say yes. Anytime somebody asked me for a favor or to do anything or to change a policy, it was always yes, 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 because they're the experts. They've worked in this field longer than I have they've worked in this facility longer than I have, they must know what the right way to do things is. I'm the rookie. I'm the newbie. These are all things that I did when I first started out. And over time, it came back to bite me in the butt. And it's simply because you don't know the workflow yet. So if you're saying yes to everything and it's affecting somebody else's job, that is a really difficult thing because you already said yes, so you can't go back and say no, but you didn't realize when you said yes that it affects another person, not just the person asking for the favor. So it may seem like you're being difficult to get along with, but you're not. You simply want to do your background checks and information to fully grasp the situation before you say yes to anything. And I had a really great CEO in my previous job that I left just before I had my daughter. And I was very curious at the beginning that anytime somebody would ask something of him that he would not agree to it right away. And I thought, man, that's so interesting that he doesn't agree to something. And even if it was something small and simple and something that I would look at and say, well, that's an obvious yes. But what he was really good at and one of his strengths was that he would investigate every single aspect and every single job in that facility that would be affected by that one decision. And so while something might seem very small, the ramifications are typically larger than just affecting that one person. And so always do your due diligence if you're agreeing to change something in your facility because you don't know who that's going to affect. So always ask the stakeholders in the situation. So let's say, for example, somebody from the kitchen comes to you, maybe the kitchen supervisor, and they say, you know what? I really think we should change the job description of this person. They shouldn't have to do that. Let's shift it to the evening staff. And it seems like such a simple task. And so you want to say yes, because it's just, let's say, for example, just taking the garbage out instead of the afternoon people doing it. But what you don't know is that when people come on in the evenings is that they genuinely don't have time. From the minute that they get into that kitchen, they're busy right until the minute they go. So do your due diligence. Don't say yes first. Say no or simply say, you know what? That's a great suggestion. I'm going to look into it and I'll get back to you. That is the best thing that you can say. So maybe you're not necessarily saying no first. You're just saying, you know what? 
I'm going to look into that. And even if they give you a hard time, you stand your ground. And number five, the best tip that I can give for new dietitians starting out, and even ones that have been starting out for a long time, is give everyone a chance. I should dedicate a whole episode on working with people that you find difficult to get along with. Um, I have been in long-term care for almost 10 years now, and I can tell you I have had my fair share of people that in the beginning I found very difficult personalities. But I thankfully, as I grew older and matured, realized that they are not necessarily the problem. And I'm certainly not saying that I'm the problem. (laughs) Um, What I'm saying is that some of these personality types, whether it's doctors, nurse practitioners, nurses, healthcare aides, management team, whoever it is that you're finding difficult to get along with, what you should know is that they have their reasons for why they do what they do. You may not understand them, and that could be because you simply haven't asked them, Um, or they may have worked in the field so long that, yeah, maybe they're a little bit tough to get along with. Not every situation like this is going to have an easy solution, but in my opinion, you can get along with anybody that you're working with. It might not be easy and it might not always be fun, but if you put the time and effort into these working relationships, you will have very fruitful working relationships with people. I have worked with what I would consider some incredibly difficult personality types, some people that others may have worked with for 10 plus years and they found it very difficult to get along with. And I always found a way to connect with them. I always found a way to be very respectful of the decisions that they made. And if we look, let's say, at nurses and doctors, for example, because some dietitians do have a difficult time getting along with nurses and doctors. Um, because maybe they don't necessarily understand the reasoning behind what they're doing. But at the end of the day, I can almost guarantee you that all of those doctors and nurses are trying to do what's best for that patient. Whether you agree with it or not, everybody in your building is genuinely trying to do their best work and to help the patients live their best lives. Um, you may challenge me on that, and that's okay. I, I don't know everybody's working relationship. I don't know every work situation, but I feel I've gotten a great representation over the 10 years that I've worked in long-term care that, yeah, I do know a significant amount about working relationships and how sometimes they're a little tougher than others. But as you learn to get along with everybody, you take the higher road and you give everybody a chance to build a friendly dynamic with them. And no, this doesn't mean that you're gonna be best friends with everybody. I I certainly have never become best friends with many of my coworkers, but I've been very friendly with them, um, that we can have work conversations, we can have social conversations. Um, But it's always in the best interest of the patient. And you giving everybody a chance helps you to build that knowing, like, and trust factor which is very important. And I think that at the end of the day, doctors will trust your recommendations more 
if you have a good working relationship with them. Because as they get to know you, they get to know your personality, they get to know your clinical judgment, they will begin to trust you more. So right off the bat, not everybody's going to listen to your recommendations. You may be the nutrition expert, but sometimes it takes a little bit. Let's take liberalizing diets, for example. I was contacted this week um, about somebody that's trying to liberalize diets in their facility and they're having a tough time with it because the doctor's not signing off on liberalizing a controlled carb diet. When you build that working relationship with a doctor and they start to better understand your clinical judgment and the reason behind the things you're doing, they're more apt to listen to your recommendations. So those are my top five tips. Um, These are simply from my personal experience and I have found very successful relationships, uh, work environments, team dynamics by doing all of these things. So for those new dietitians that are just starting out, my heart goes out to you because I know that it's a very tough field to just get started in. It's not textbook. It heavily weighs quality of life over top of textbook answers, though the textbook is still weighed. So it's very tough to learn that differentiation. But if you are a new long-term care dietitian listening to this, please reach out to me. I do offer support for long-term care dietitians that are starting out. Um, I do offer some training services. I do offer communication for new dietitians and for dietitians that maybe just need a little bit of extra help. Um, This is why I created the Long-Term Care RD. I wanted to build a community of dietitians so we didn't feel so alone. Because more often than not, we're working in these facilities by ourselves. And that's a really tough thing to do, especially if you're just getting started in your career. Um, But we've all been there and we've toughed it out and we've gotten to the place that we're at. And for me personally, I'm so grateful to work in this type of field because it is one of the most rewarding fields of dietetics that I've ever been a part of. So please feel free to reach out. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Long Term Care RD. Find the website at www.longtermcarerd.com. There are so many resources on the website that are free and available for you. So uh, please, there's lots of free resources, some awesome paid products that you can get from the shop. Um, But yeah, have a great week. Make sure you sign up for our email list. And if you could do me a favor and give this podcast a five-star review, it really helps to the algorithm of podcasts and all these networks to push my podcast out further um, so more people can get the information. So we'll see you again next week.